0: Small business news, advice, and education. This is Startup BizCast. Welcome, everyone. This is Startup BizCast number 58. I'm your host, Steve Mullen, president of Endgame Public Relations. Startup BizCast is the small business advice podcast that takes less time than your average coffee break. It's produced by BizPods, the corporate podcast production service from Endgame Public Relations. For more information, please visit www.endgamepr.com. Podcasts. Nearly every small business owner has been in this situation. You have to make a business call to someone you don't know. It's called a cold call, and I don't know anyone that likes them. In this week's advice segment, I'll interview Sam Richter, who has written a book to help you turn those cold calls into warm calls. That interview's coming up later in the episode. But first, I have a listener voicemail. In episode 56, I had a short discussion about email blunders and how to avoid them. I suggested people contact me about their very own blunders and mistakes, and listener Dave Jackson took me up on the offer.
1: Hi, Steve. This is Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. And my embarrassing email story is I had sent out a... I was the head of the training department, and I was sending out a tip on how to be a better interviewer. And it went out to all the employees, especially the managers. And I got a call from the owner of the company who said... Dave, what the heck are you doing? And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, I just got your your message, and it looks like you're telling our people how to go out and do their best on job interviews, like they're trying to leave the company. I said, no, it's how to be a better interviewer. He said, go back and read it again as if you're looking to be a better interviewee. And I did, and depending on if your glass was half full or half empty, depending on how you looked at it, it could be taken either way completely. So again, another set of eyes would have been very beneficial on that email. So luckily, uh, the email package, I was able to go in and delete that message before most people had opened it up. But uh, you know, it's kind of embarrassing. And it's always great when the owner of the company is the person that opens up the email first. Wonderful. So, hey, this is Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting.com. We'll talk to you later, Steve. Love the show.
0: Thanks for taking the time to call, Dave. And you're absolutely right. Something I didn't mention is actually having someone proofread your email. This sounds a bit strange because emails are generally informal communications, but if you're writing something to an important audience, or perhaps something that goes to the entire company, it's a great idea to have someone look at it before you send it, checking for spelling and grammatical errors, and as Dave should have done, checking to make sure that what you meant to write is actually what you did write. I'll have instructions later in the podcast on how you can send your own listener feedback to Startup BizCast. And thanks again, Dave. Time now for this week's look at small business news. It's time for the BizCast Brief. Accusations are flying this week against Blackwater, a security firm that contracts itself to the U.S. government. Federal investigators say the company fudged data on the number of people it employs in order to acquire more than $100 million in contracts that were set aside for small businesses. Here's some news that affects many, many small businesses in the U.S., particularly those in the service sector. The minimum wage is set to increase this week. In the second of three yearly raises, the minimum wage will go up 70 cents to $6.55 per hour. Next year, the rate will go up to $7.25 an hour. Finally, after falling to record lows, it appears many small business owners are more confident in the U.S. economy. The Discover Small Business Watch survey showed fewer small business owners were reporting cash flow problems, and half of those surveyed said they expect the economy to recover within a year. More on those stories and others can be found in this week's Small Business Recommended Reading, found on the Startup BizCast blog. Let's move on now to this week's Startup BizCast advice segment. Have you ever picked up a phone to call a potential business contact and not known much about them other than their name and maybe a few basic details about their company? Well, that's called a cold call, and very few people like them. This week's guest, Sam Richter, wrote a book called Taking the Cold Out of Cold Calling, and he has some great advice on how to warm up those cold calls. Sam, thanks so much for joining us this week on Startup BizCast.
2: Well, thank you. It's really
0: an honor to be on your show. Now, first off, tell us about yourself and your book.
2: Well, I've got kind of an oddball career. I started out actually in um, uh, sports journalism and then moved into uh, advertising, uh, particularly uh, writing, copywriter, creative director, owned my own ad agency. Then um, emerged with a larger ad agency, moved into public relations, and then went off and did uh, what I thought was gonna be um, marketing director for a software uh, company and then actually got plugged in and became a software developer. So I did work in software development and, and then eventually led some teams and then got into online marketing. Then spent seven years as a president of a national business library, a nonprofit organization, and today I am uh, chief marketing officer and senior vice president in a company called Actify. And what we do is we work with uh, registered wealth advisors. So I've got a really what I call an oddball career, which has frankly allowed me to experience sales and marketing from all different angles, uh, which really helped me write a, a book that I that is getting great reviews and um, uh, it really is helping a lot of people.
0: Let's get a definition out of the way. This seems obvious, but I want to hear your answer anyway. What is a cold call?
2: Well, my definition of a cold call is is actually probably different than most people. I think I think most people think of a traditional cold call as, you know, the, the the poor person that that their boss gives them the white pages and they say start at the top, try to sell widgets to all the people in here. Uh, and my definition of cold call is really any time that you meet with a person, uh, whether that's a, an existing uh, client, so you're going to a client meeting, or more than likely a prospect meeting. You're going to go meet with someone for coffee, you're going to go play in a charity golf tournament with them, or you're physically picking up the phone and you're going to call them. Anytime you meet with those people or talk with somebody uh, that has the potential to do business with you, and you're not prepared. And what I mean by prepared is you don't understand their issues and what's going on in their world. Anytime you meet with someone, talk with someone, and you're not prepared about what's going on in their world, you're cold calling. And cold meaning you're probably going to get a, a, a cold shoulder, a negative reaction from the other person.
0: So you don't know them, they don't know you, and you don't know a thing about them.
2: Exactly. You know, and I'm sure, you know, someone. I'm, I'm sure you're getting called by, uh, you know, PR people all the time saying, you know, uh, say I, I want you to, uh, you know, to uh, talk about my product or my service, and they, they haven't even bothered to spend five minutes learning a little bit about you and your show. How annoying is that for you? I mean, I mean, I'm assuming you almost look at that as a little bit of an insult.
0: Now, my favorite is when they get the name of the show wrong.
2: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
0: With most business people, uh, particularly small businesses, but also with larger businesses as well, uh, the information is out there. You can find bios of people. You can find information about the company. And you actually (laughs) gave an example of that when we first got on the phone. You already knew everything that was on my website.
2: Yeah, and, you know, and and frankly, that's just just a base. I mean, you, you absolutely need to look at someone's website. But let's talk about your website for a second. Let's say that there was information on your website that maybe you didn't want me to know. For example, your competitors. Um, maybe maybe you've gotten legal trouble in the past, or maybe you know whatever it might be. Are you putting that on your homepage? You know, click here to see why my competitors are great. Probably not. I wouldn't think so. Uh, no, but so if I'm gonna, but if I were gonna quote unquote sell something to you, I want to know that information. Frankly, I want to know that information. I want to know what's going on in the world of your competitors, so I can help you differentiate yourself from them. I want to know what's going on in your industry, so I can make sure that that What I have is relevant to the trends that are going on in your industry. So do your homework beforehand and figure out what's going on in their mind, what's going on in their world, and and make sure that you're relevant.
0: I want to hear some advice on that, but before we do that, do you have any cold-calling nightmare stories, just things that have gone horribly wrong?
2: give you a fun example um, you know and, and unfortunately most of the examples that I use is, are, are because I've screwed up not because of successes but uh, so I was meeting with a marketing director at a bank in Minneapolis TCF Bank and the gentleman's name was John Schrader so I'm gonna go meet with this guy and I kind of forgot that I had the meeting so I look at my uh, wake up in the morning and oh I got to get to the bank and meet with this guy so I didn't even do basic Google searching on him so I show up into his office and sitting on the uh, on his desk is a picture of a boy. So I see the picture of the boy on his desk, and I say, "So, John, is that your son?" You know, now, now think about it. What what kind of a stupid question is that? And, you know, what's he going to say? No. As a matter of fact, I have no clue who that is. What I do is I randomly go through and pi- cut out pictures of, of boys and put them on my desk. You know, of course it's his son. So now the picture is a kid in a hockey uniform. So what do I say? Does he play hockey? No. He 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 actually plays uh, chess, but he he is very concerned about getting hurt, so he wears the hockey. <laughs> Of course he plays hockey. So then my next question is, well, 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 what does he do? I mean, is he any good? Is he a good player? John says, oh, as a matter of fact, at age at age 14, 15, he was the youngest person ever selected to the U.S. development team. Last night he scored three goals against the Russians in the World Junior Championships. That would have been about a, about a 30-second Google search to just go into Google, type in John Schrader and Minnesota, something like that. Because if I do that, literally hundreds of thousands of search results show up where John's interviewed talking about his kid." Let's say I had done the research on the front end. Now I go into his office, I see the picture of the kid, and I say, you know, hey, I I was wondering if you're John Schroeder, the the dad for uh, for Jordan, you know, the hockey player. Are you? And he'll say, yeah, as a matter of fact, I am. And I'd say, that was awesome. You know, he scored three goals last night. If I had done that, how much better, how much longer would I have gotten of his time in that meeting, and how much more, frankly, excited would he have been to talk to me?
0: Now here's the question, though. Did you get the business? Did you get what you wanted to loan, whatever it was?
2: You know, I did not get the business, but what I have since done is one of the things I talk about in my book is how to set up a Google alert. So how do you go into Google and and type in the appropriate queries? So anytime new information about someone or a company or whatever it might be, uh, Google finds, it actually sends you an email. So subsequently, I've, I've set up a, an alert on John's son, and anytime a, a, a good article comes out about John, or excuse me, about Jordan... I sent John a note saying, you know, hey, saw your uh, saw your son written up in USA Today. You know, saw your son written up in Sports Illustrated. You know, congratulations. And we've since established a really good relationship. And even though I'm, I haven't done any business with John, he sent me a number of leads. So that's been great.
0: Beyond Google, what are some other good places to, to look?
2: Well, there's a number of good places, you know, uh, particularly for company information. I've got a few favorite sites. One of my favorites is a, is a website called Manta.com. It's M A N. Ta. Com. And what Manta is, is it's really a free version of Dun & Bradstreet. So as you probably know, Dun & Bradstreet's one of the best databases out there uh, with information on companies, uh, privately, privately held and publicly held companies. Well, Manta basically taps into the full Dun & Bradstreet database, and you can type in the name of a company, do a full search, you can set up an alert on that company. Uh, it gives you basic information, size of company, number of employees, brands they sell, um, annual revenue. Uh, if they're a headquarters or if they're a branch office. And it even allows you to, to click on a couple of links and find competitors for that company. So it's a pretty powerful database to do company research.
0: I've actually got a good example of of kind of a. It's funny when two people are trying to research each other. I don't know how often this happens, but um, I posted, I believe, on Twitter at one point that I was looking for sure. uh, I was looking for a guest for for the, for an upcoming show of Startup Bizcast and uh, a particular person that that was I was following on Twitter or she was following me. She saw it bounced over to Facebook, found my uh, profile there, bounced over to LinkedIn. And we were doing this at the, kind of at the same time because I was trying to figure out who is this person, and I wasn't really sure much about her. So I'm bouncing over to her website. I found her on LinkedIn. I found her comment on my Facebook page. I bounced over to her website again. She posted on another blog of mine, and it was just this dance we were doing. <laughs> and eventually yeah, I mean, she ended up being on the show.
2: And that's, that's, that's pretty funny um, you know. because, frankly, it's, it's rare that I find someone – that even knows how to do those kinds of things. So you you, and this person are in the, I would call it in the upper 5%. Um, you know, most people kind of wing it, but going to LinkedIn, I'm, in, I'm a LinkedIn member. I think I've got about 7 million people now in my, in my LinkedIn database, and it's incredible. Anytime I need to find information on someone prior to a, um, uh, a sales call, I can pretty much go into LinkedIn, and if I don't know somebody at that company, I certainly know somebody who knows somebody at that company, and I can get great information. Uh, Zoom Info is another wonderful website where it basically compiles online resumes. Just about anybody I've ever searched, I would say VP level and above, public and private company, will have something about them on Zoom Info. Uh, spoke.com is another incredible website where you can go in there and and these are all free you do have to register for some of them but they are free spoke.com you can type in the name of a company and it will pull up an employee list of all the names of the employees and their job titles and the last time the information was validated Uh, all those all the information that's floating out there on the on the web uh, spoke has actually compiled and made it easy to search so those kinds of places you can go and get just a wealth of information
0: some great information. Your book is Take the Cold Out of Cold Calling. Where can people find it?
2: You can just get it at, at uh, any bookstore or uh, my website is com. Also, when you're on the site, I've got a free tool. Uh, you can click on the Warm Call Center, and all of my favorite websites, and all of my favorite tips, and all the things I talk about in the book, and more. I update uh, pretty much on a weekly basis on that website, so you can go there and find the best websites to research people, research companies, research industries, uh, different types of search tips, and even email scripts, telephone scripts, voicemail scripts. For you know, if you have information, how do you actually use it in a cold call?
0: Okay, great. Sam Richter, thanks for joining us on Startup BizCast. Thank you very much. Once again, you can learn more about Sam and his book at www.takethecold.com. Do you have any cold calling nightmares? How do you psych yourself up to make those calls? They're very difficult. I've done them before. If you have any stories to tell, if you have feedback about this or any episode of Startup BizCast, I'd love to hear from you. To leave a voicemail message, please call 206-339-4366. That's two zero six three three nine four three six six, And that number is on the Startup BizCast blog I you can't write it down right now. You can also email info at startupbizcast.com or leave a comment on the blog. That's a wrap for Episode 58 of Startup BizCast. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Mullen.